matter of time, I suppose. Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we're discussing the 2009 Zack Snyder film, Watchmen, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from the upcoming in 2019 Almost Famous Minute. I'm Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. And I'm Eric Deutsch from Flash Gordon Minute. Hey, glad to have you back, Eric. How's it going? They're talking to this Eric this time? I messed that up up yesterday. (laughs) I am Eric. Oh, that's right. Okay, good. Well, if you were referring to yourself in the third person, who knows? (laughs) Glad to be out of prison and and down in uh, Night Owl's uh, basement instead. Out of the prison and into the dungeon. (laughs) For the silent minute. Yeah. Got a few of those. Yes, very interesting. Yeah. This is minute 108. And it starts with Lori inspecting the night owl suit and ends with her pushing Archie's buttons. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this minute just puts a smile on my face as I was watching it. It just it's so playful and charming and well performed. I mean, it's just Malin Ackerman by herself, just like a, it almost has that like babe in the woods kind of quality of her just like. It's like very childlike and very innocent the way she's just taking all of this stuff in. Like it's really kind of odd given the other things that we've seen so far. I mean, you know, like two or three days ago, she stabbed a guy in the neck and now she's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> but I think yeah, she... I, it's interesting you say that because I, I found um like the wide-eyed wonder as she checks out the ship, I found it to be a little, a little too much. I thought it was a okay. little too overdone. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you made an interesting point about considering what we've seen. I mean, you know, she, her boyfriend is a gigantic, you know, blue guy who could literally do anything, but she's walking into this ship and, you know, she's just completely like, wow, this is, you know, I've never seen anything like this before with, you know, with the things that she's probably seen and done, I found it a bit too much with how amazed she is at the ship. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but maybe it could be like, this was all done by someone who didn't have the means of, of a you know, super being like, mm. so that's, that's true. That's more wondrous. Yeah, that's a good point. Good word. But also, so in all in in the years that they've known each other, Lori was never inside Archie. This is her first time ever going inside there. I mean, based on what I think, what we've kind of figured out, I I don't know that they've ever worked together. You know, I don't know Mm. that they spent much time together. We know that their their first meeting was is the one that you know where comedian burns the map and says you know this isn't going to work out. And then right. it appears that that was like their first and only real meeting of, as a group, you know, um, later we do have like a comedian and night owl you know, interacting together at, to, to stop the riot thing. So, you know, some of them have worked together, but I don't get the sense then that, that Lori, you know, was ever a passenger on the, the owl ship. It, it seems like it, would be the other way. It seems like they all teamed up and, and worked together for years and years. But yeah, I think that was kind of the point of, of showing us the meeting earlier in the movie that it, it didn't work out and they never formed, you know, a team. 
Right. They never formed the, the big team. But I guess, I mean, he right from the beginning of the movie, Dan, you know, is already carrying a torch for her. Yeah. So there, there had to have been some kind of interactions there occasionally over the years um, for that. Although, I, I mean, I guess um, that could have been done in, in more social circle, I guess, if they weren't crime fighting when, it, when they were doing that, I guess, then she never would have. Would, he never would have had the ship there with him when they were interacting, I guess. Mm. Um, Travis, earlier you, you mentioned uh, her kind of like childlike nature yeah, yeah. that she has here, but but not enough childlike for her to write uh, clean me. In the, in the <laughs> yeah, that's good. I do. We do miss out on uh, one of the visuals that the book has where it starts off, you know, on a zoomed in image of a lens with one little streak, like a finger streak through it. And it's actually the lens from his goggles. Cause you know, we see her, she's, she's looking at the costume and she does like put one finger through the lens in the dust. And then she goes over to Archie and puts, you know, a swipe through the dust there as well. Kind of mirroring the, the big owl eyes that both have dust on them. So, you know, she does that here with with the ship. Um, she then pulls the the tarp off, mm-hmm. and I kind of wondered if I mean that tarp wasn't like hooked on, and then also mm-hmm. like how how does Dan get the tarp on in the first place? Hmm. As well, yeah. Well, maybe he ties an owl. I don't know what he calls this battering, <laughs> but his moon shaped uh, batter. Uh, you know boomerangs maybe he ties Mm -hmm. one corner of the tarp to that and then hurls it across Mm -hmm. the over the top or he seems to have a lot of free time he might just (laughs) you know he takes his time just getting that thing getting up on ladders at each corner of the thing and just all right you know like when you're putting a sheet on a bed you know (laughs) i like uh kind of going back to just the all throughout this you know minute just her looking like smiling and and it's i think I think her performance is sort of appropriate given the, you know, this is the, probably the longest she's been away from people like her mother or John. You know, we saw that she was raised by her mother and raised to, to go into this life. And and then, of course, we know how, how everything plays out. But I get a sense that because of how she talks about having been a prisoner, that she went from being under her mother's thumb being with John and essentially, you know, a government asset that here it's just, it's freeing, you know, I think it's, and she'll talk about that, you know, I think in next, I think in tomorrow's minute, she talks about that. But, um, I actually, I think it's really nice to just see her in a scene like this all by herself and especially without the dialogue. And it's just, just a minute of her getting to take it all in, I think is really nice. Um, do you guys think she realizes that she's seen the when when it when she sees the the costume? Um, do you think she's like has a feeling of deja vu with the vision, mm-hmm. like the flashes of images that she got with uh, when John showed her the future, or does this? Hmm. She certainly doesn't act like she right. Does. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't really see her face while she's looking at it. So yeah. As soon as she turns, her expression does seem to change a little bit, but it's hard to tell kind of what she might have been thinking. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the uh, the, the pulling the tarp off of Archie, it, it made me realize that this movie 
has a weird way of revealing things because it it almost feels like we should be seeing you know seeing the night owl costume and pulling this tarp off as if it's the first time we've seen these things you know it seems like it should be like a big moment with with a big sound you know cue but it's like if it weren't for those pesky flashbacks you know they kind of the movie itself huh. kind of robs itself of big hero shots and reveals like we saw Manhattan for the first time shaking hands with Kennedy and then reflected uh, on the moon. So then later when Rorschach visits him and it's, it's this grand sight when he's all you know big, it's like, we've kind of, we've seen him already. So I think it kind of lessens that impact a little bit. Um, and same goes for pretty much all the characters and we kind of see them at, at random times throughout the movie. And so anytime that they go for a reveal, like this or coming up when when Laurie and Dan are back in their costumes they those moments are really played up for the you know big effect and it's I mean we kind of I I wonder if it if it if if they didn't show well I mean the story's told through flashbacks so there wouldn't be a way around it really but I just feel like they want a moment like this with the pulling the tarp off I feel like they want it to have more impact but we're not seeing something we've never seen before, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I I I see what you're saying. That, that's a good point. I guess the impact here comes from that we saw the ship when it was in its heyday mm. in use, you know, all you know, shiny and with all these cool gadgets. And and at this point of the movie, we know that everybody's wants to be retired. Everyone wants to move on, and now we see um, the poor ship, which used to be, you know the nice shiny, you know, you know, hot rod car. And now it's just, you know, dusty sitting in a, in a garage somewhere. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm, you saying that makes, you know, a lot of sense that that's probably what the reveal is, is, you know, look how dusty this thing is. Look how, uh, how long it's been since he, he's used it, uh-huh. you know? And yet he can't, he can't bring himself to dismantle it. Though. Yeah. He still has it. True. And, but th- and then all that leads to its possible reuse coming up. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens after this minute. <laughs> well, I know one thing. There's, you know, she turns the lights on, the lights on, and then back off. And next to that, there's there's three of these buttons that look, you know, that, that physical wise, the button the button mechanics of them are the same, but they have three different symbols. Yeah. And, yeah, and she does. <laughs> One button is not harmful. The other yeah. two have harmful symbols on them. And yeah. Dan might not have thought the greatest placement of those mm. three buttons. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention just the outfit she's wearing. It, it, in terms of like the wardrobe, mostly her, all of her outfits have been like very close to the book. Um, here they depart from the book and probably, I mean, probably in the most significant way. Um, And I think that's a very good thing because whatever she's wearing in the book in this section is ridiculous. It's like a head to toe red bodysuit, almost like coveralls with the, the, I mean, it's like a turtleneck with long sleeves and pants. I mean, it goes, it's fully covering 
which is fine, but it's just like this one, it's like a big jumpsuit that she's wearing. And then on top of that, she has like a white tunic slash apron slash overall kind of thing that it, I don't know if, if she's, if it looks like she's meant to be, you know, getting under the hood and changing the oil of this thing. Like if it's, I mean, it almost looks like that kind of like work workers outfit, you know, like a mechanic type outfit if it wasn't, I don't know, but here, I mean, it, they've kind of used the same colors by putting her in like a white top with red buttons and a red belt, you know, so they've kind of carried the colors over, but yeah, I'm glad they didn't put her in the, in whatever, whatever she's wearing in the, in this section of the book. But up until now, it, it's been very, uh, book accurate as far as the basics of what she's wearing. Uh, so, uh, looking again at the three buttons right at the very end of the minute, um, there's some words uh, that appear to say, don't be a shandy. <laughs> Do you guys see what I'm talking uh, about? Let me look. It's like the, like the last second, right before she goes to press the buttons again. Just like before her hand comes down. Yeah. What second did you say? Or yeah. I guess. 58. Okay. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, so second. Uh, oh, I see yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have any idea what that means? Oh, oh, it's okay. written in yep, white. Yep. Okay. And below gotcha. the three buttons, yeah. Don't be a shandy. Or something. Definitely be a shandy. I mean, it looks. I mean, it's yeah. NT, so I'm assuming it's don't. But uh, I don't know what that. And means. above that, key carrier, and then another word in between. Yeah. Two lines. I wonder if that's the prop uh, man just like had some inside joke with <laughs> the, you know his brother, and he was like, "Hey, make sure you watch really close. Uh, I'm sticking that joke of ours in there." <laughs> every every I did a search for maybe i shouldn't put don't because we're not maybe. certain but everything yeah. i put for be a shandy it, it all is <laughs> beer, beer related uh, <laughs> oh. i mean because the shan you know shandy is is that a brand no but, it's like no, a okay. T- typically lemonade mixed with yeah beer mixed. like you can get a line and kugel summer shandy and it's a like a lemon oh, okay. lemon it's a, it's a good summer beer um yeah, like a summer, yeah, summer shandy, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's, I, I, I'm not even going to try to guess what he's, I don't know. Maybe he's saying don't drink, don't drink and fly, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> um, Urban Dictionary says shandy is something, uh, something of good and or awesome, awesome status. Shandy is a word that should be said when something cool happens or as an expression of excitement. Huh. Uh, I don't know. That that is weird. <laughs> it's too bad we we noticed this after you had um, you interviewed um, <laughs> the, sc- the screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that that's another mystery to solve. Um. So let's see where we're at. I think that's that's all of my notes. Uh, the music here. Oh is, yeah. Is it just. It's it's slightly I, I want to say up tempo, but also but very ethereal. Yeah, in my mind. Yeah, I would say kind of uplifting. Which, it does feel like it's uh, yeah. leading up to a big, you know, <laughs> like when the hero finally decides to do the right thing, kind of kind of moment. Like it does oh. feel like it's leading up to a big thing. I think I, I I adore the music in this minute. I'm glad you mentioned it because I forgot to. Um, so Eric, what is your history with Watchmen? Um, so, um, I'm a big comic book, 
collector. Um, and I knew I had always heard of Watchmen. I knew it was supposed to be one of the greatest comics ever made, uh, but I didn't know anything at all about what it was about or anything like that. And I had, I had never bought it or read it. Uh, and then finally, um, about maybe 15 years ago or so, once I was in like my late twenties, I finally, I bought it. Uh, I actually got the, I, I got the 12 issues off of eBay. Um, mm. instead of getting the graphic novel, I was still in my phase of no, only comics, no compilations as graphic novels. Um, and I, I, I read it and I absolutely loved it. The first time I, I read it, it just it completely sucked me in. I could see why it had been talked about for so long. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I realized if I want to keep reading this thing, I can't have the 12 comics. So I, <laughs> I sold the 12 issues. I got the graphic novel, so it would be easier to read. Um, it's still uh, one of, uh, if not, I might, I, I might, I mean, I have to really think, but, you know, off the top of my head, it's got to be one of the two or three greatest comics I've ever read. Uh, it got me into Alan Moore. Um, it it uh, introduced me to him, so I started reading a lot of Alan Moore stuff other than Watchmen. Um I uh, I saw the movie opening weekend. Um, obviously, I was very excited about it. I do like the comic better, but I think that's more of a function of how the comic just has so much more to it, with especially the text that they have at the end of each issue. And obviously, things had to be cut for the movie. Uh, you know, a twelve ix, twelve issue maxi series like that with that much dense, you know, content to it, it was never all going to survive, even as long as this movie is. Um, so um, I'm a definitely a big Watchmen fan. Um, I guess this will be the time to say that I was not happy to hear about removing and changing what will happen at the end of this movie that had been done in the comic. But I do like how they handled it in the movie. They won me over. It does work the way that they set it up. I, 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 I still like the comic ending more, but I do like uh, both endings, though. Fair enough, yeah mentioned before that I, I like both endings but i like them in their respective you know mediums so yeah yeah they they both work with with the way each one was set up they yeah. both work yeah. they could once i saw the movie i realized they could not have done the comic ending in the movie and so yeah. what they came up with instead i think works hmm. well, very cool okay of- so uh uh eric uh you think you make it back uh for tomorrow's episode 109 yes. Yeah, I, I will okay. climb into Archie with you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, so this was 108 here on Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. We'll be back. Uh, until then, who watches the Watchmen? We do. We do. We do. One minute at a time. Watchmen are over. <laughs>